that almost sounded like interstellar um like the music in the back <laughs> right like interstellar um, <laughs> soundtrack well we're back number 54 54 weeks where were we 54 weeks ago <laughs> starting 2017 <laughs> yep oh man i f- i feel a good neutral today I think after everything we we need like we well starting with like meeting at draft house yesterday and just kind of chilling, having a chill Sunday. Yeah, it's been a chill Sunday. <laughs> after two weekends of like hitting it pretty hard, <laughs> different bars and events, but we're here and to stay on track. Like I like I'm work. I guess the main thing is working on. Let me go over this thing. Working on. There we go, getting sidetracked and shit. Anyways, that's, <laughs> that's life, bro. That was that. Was, there's a pause. There was a pause here, but we're back. And <laughs> I had to get a windscreen. I had to answer. I had to answer a mildly important text, so I had to pause it. But bro, we're back. Life is a tangent. Life is a tangent. It is. Oh no! It goes. Life is a highway. Sorry, wrong song. <laughs> oh man! Ah, damn it! Damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, got to get back on this. So so now that we're kind of warming up on this conversation, now, uh, anyways, well, I, I mean, it's even, even right now, it took me a little bit to, like, figure out how to just kind of segue into this podcast. Cause, uh, this has been, like, I guess the coming along the past two, three months that you've been in and out, Brian, like, where, like, a lot of our conversations are extra personal. Like, it's like, okay, stuff like, okay, we're this, I mean, this is, this is, it's a part of moving with life, but it's not like okay, this, okay, guys, like you know, there's there's a boundary that we realized. Bro, no lie, I've been hesitant to like reveal this podcast to new people that I know. Fair enough, because I'm like, oh wait, I said that one <laughs> thing. <laughs> I said that one thing. <laughs> so go ahead and skip over those like ten minutes on episode fifty three. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know it's it you know and because for me like I think the macro that I realized for for moving with life since like now it's. Where I thought it was going to be a, a total conversation that I wanted to have two to three people at all times where there's been moments where it's had to be me by myself. And I've even done one episode where I, d- I talked for, for a full 30 minutes. I did a chapter review, I think, on Lewis Howe's mask masculinity, masculinity. And no one was here, so it was me by myself. And I, it ended up being like 30 minutes. And like I was reaching the 40-minute mark. I'm like, okay, I need to stop. Like This is like it's kind of weird. But the whole point is like... Uh, I've been talking to myself for forty minutes. Right, dude. It's like what the fuck, and and not even like I like to not sound egotistical, but it's like it's it's where I thought it was gonna be one thing, it has turned into like my project that I want to incorporate others and you know conversate. May I want to make it a conversation where you know as much as possible. Whereas like okay, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to hear me talk you know the the whole fucking time you know and and even then there's sometimes where we're like. I feel like early on, like the first 27 episodes, which is like, quote unquote, season one, where there were moments. And it makes sense because, like, obviously I was undoing the, all the prepping from you and Eddie. So, yes, I knew all the material front and back and blah, you know, the, the whole fucking thing. But now it's like, like OK, let, let, you know, let, let's move from that and uh, and see where we go. Anyways, before we keep going down various rabbit holes and keep 
keeping life on a tangent. <laughs> um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hit Matthew McConaughey again. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I don't wanna I don't wanna make a, our own glass ceiling. So I'm just gonna start and we're gonna go through it, hit it for an hour, and then we'll see where we're at at the hour mark or in the hour-ish mark, like the way we've been, we've been doing. Um, last week we had it was me, Brian, and Eddie because it was quote unquote official second year, the start of the second year of moving with life and uh i did say we're going to come back to this video and that's the whole point is like i want to i i want to slow down now that i've read in two years i've read i think 32 books in two years and and with that it's like okay i i i now feel like i need to make myself slow down just a tad and start using some of these things more and seeing what's sticking and what's not and even today i was thinking a. As I was reading the book I'm on right now, it's called Poke the Box by Seth Godin, and he asks he asks various questions, and through that reading, it set me it put me into like a little meditative like question asking state. So then I did a SWOT analysis on myself, and I was like, well, "Fuck, okay, like it you know, the that process on its own, bro. That's interesting of slowing down and and I hadn't used a SWOT analysis since college. Same a I real saw, SWOT analysis. I saw one recently on a strategic plan at work, but. I never thought about implementing it on myself. That's, that's what I led a, that's to. That's interesting. Because I, 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 I want to talk about that book eventually, so I don't want to get into it too much right now. But the que- there's a question that he asked, and then I and the question that I asked myself, and this was during my conference. I was a substitute today. And so during my conference, I, uh, I put, what do I really want? Like that question. Like I, I, feel like I, I feel like I should be able to answer that. Especially with things that are going to be changing this then at the latter of this year, um, so like man, fuck. So then I was like, so then my next question was like, well, what's a strength? And then from there I'm like, fucking SWOT analysis. And I did that. I spent 45 minutes on a SWOT analysis on myself of like you know s- strengths. And for in case you're not a business major, business um, lean, lean, understanding the literate, bin, yeah, yeah, I guess business literate, the business lingo. That's what I was looking for. Uh, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And I kept it real short. I tried to put three main points that I'm like, okay, I'm strong here, I'm weak here. I can use these three things as an opportunity. And I can use, and these three things are my threats at the moment. And and I did that. And it's like, what? So, but my whole point is like the material slowing down to where it's like, okay, I haven't used a, SWOT, a real SWOT, a real SWOT analysis since college. I've been I've been out for two years for two four years now. It's like, why have I not used a SWOT analysis earlier? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Because for sure, when I got out of college, leading up to the beginning of the podcast, the big one that I was that I did use for a long time, for at least for the first few months of 2017, was a it's a VRIO, which I talked about this, talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. This was you know early episodes that I learned from Dr. Sherman, and basically you have an asset and you need to see if it's valuable, if it's uh re- basically replaceable, um how immediately the the competition can can uh can copy it and then the last one i forgot what o stand for stood for either way that was like the last business uh the last college concept that i used and then coming up with small analysis has now led me to this like okay i need to slow down and now that i've read x and some people are like oh man that's a lot of books I'm like yeah but it's like i i feel like i need to give them i now give them justice of the material that i've read you know mm-hmm. like what did i really retain what did i really learn and you know what's gonna stick, what's not, what's kind of out the window, you know, whether subconsciously or not. Anyways, we're gonna jump into this. Uh, <laughs> going back to Matthew McConaughey and the Thirteen Truths, uh, we did four of them the last time, and I, I'm not gonna go over them because you can listen to episode fifty-two, 
and go over those four if you want. Um, right now we're going to start number five, and then we'll be right back. Here we go. Number five. Process of elimination <laughs> is the first step to our identity, a.k.a. where you are not is as important as where you are. All right, 1992, I got my first job as an actor. Three lines, three days work, and a film called Dazed and Confused. All right. All right, all right, all right. There we go. So this director of that film, Richard Linkletter, he kept inviting me back to set each night, putting me in more scenes, which led to more lines, all of which I happily said yes to. I mean, I'm having a blast. People are telling me I'm good at what I'm doing, and they're writing me a check for $325 a day. I mean, hell yeah, give me more scenes. I love what I'm doing. Well, by the end of the shoot, by the end of the film, those three lines had turned into over three weeks' work, and it was mine. It was Wooderson's 1970 Chevelle that we went to go get Aerosmith tickets in, man. Yeah, it was badass. <laughs> well, a few years ago, I'm watching this film again, and I noticed two scenes that I really shouldn't have been in. In one of these scenes, my character Wooderson, I, I, I exit screen left to head somewhere, and then I re-enter the screen and to double check if any of the other characters wanted to go with me. Now, in re-watching the film, and you'll agree if you know Wooderson, <laughs> Wooderson's not a guy who would ever say, later, and then come back to see if you were sure you didn't want to go. Now, when Wooderson leaves, Wooderson is gone. He does not stutter, step, flinch, rewind, ask twice, or solicit. You know what I'm talking about. Wooderson has better things to do, like liking those high school girls, man, because I get older and they stay the same age. My point is, I should not have been in that scene. I shouldn't have come back. I should have exited screen left and never come back. But back then, making my first film, getting invited back to the set, cashing that check and having a ball, I wanted more screen time. I wanted to be in the scene longer and more and come back into the scene, right? But I shouldn't have been there. Wooderson shouldn't have been there. It is just as important where we are not as it is where we are. Look, the first step that leads to our identity in life is usually not, I know who I am, I know who I am. That's not the first step. The first step's usually, I know who I am not. Process of elimination. Defining ourselves by what we are not is the first step that leads us to really knowing who we are. You know that group of friends that you hang out with that, that, that it really might not bring out the best in you? You know, they, they gossip too much or they're kind of shady. They really aren't going to be there for you in a pinch. Or how about that bar that we keep going to that we always seem to have the worst hangover from? Or that computer screen, right? That computer screen that keeps giving us an excuse not to get out of the house and engage with the world and get some real human interaction. Or how about that food that we keep eating, the stuff that tastes so good going down and makes us feel like crap the next week when we feel lethargic and we keep putting on weight? Well, those people, those places, those things, stop giving them your time and energy. Just don't go there. I mean, put them down. And when you do this, when you do put them down, when you quit going there, when you quit giving them your time, 
you inadvertently find yourself spending more time and in more places that are healthy for you, that bring you more joy. Why? Because you just eliminated the who's, the where's, the what's, and the when's that were keeping you from your identity. Look, trust me, too many options, <laughs> I promise you this, too many options will make a tyrant of us all. All right, so get rid of the excess, the wasted time. Decrease your options. And if you do this, you will have accidentally, almost innocently, put in front of you what is important to you by process of elimination. Knowing who we are is hard. It's hard. So give yourself a break. Eliminate who you are not first, and you're going to find yourself where you need to be. That was a big one. At least for me, like, when I was rewatch, just so I can make sure I, I have an idea of, of what was coming out, because I don't want to go in too cold and let you then watch, you know, this cut right now. Um, the whole process, that, that it, initially for me, that ties in the whole Tim Ferriss thing. Like, that's, that's a, it, to me, it's, while it, Matthew McConaughey has found his own way of, of uh, saying, you know, take everything that you're not, it's, it's a, I'm trying to think of how Tim Ferriss says it though, because he he brings up oh, fear setting. You know what is your worst fear, and how can you mitigate those fears, and what what solutions are you going to find? Which basically you then take away your fears versus making a goal list. Gotcha. And there's there's a TED talk, and I, I can I can tie that in here. I'll pu- I'll just put the link in. Uh, Tim Ferriss's latest TED talk. Oh, I hear what you're talking about. That click that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, that that's here somewhere. I don't. Know. I need to f- figure that out. Um, sorry. Anyways, where that's that that's the connection of uh, Tim Ferriss's fear setting versus goal setting, and eliminate. Oh, it's gonna bother the fuck out of me. Okay. I think it starts again. I'm like, oh, I'm like, what the fuck? It, it was. I think it was because this wasn't pushed in all the way. The the freaking micro oh, micro yeah. card. So it was probably just clipping and in and out. You know. So and. Because there's power running through this thing, yeah, it's yeah. going to be catching that metal. Anyways, anyways, uh, that's what it got me. But there were several things of, I guess, or maybe it was more for more for me. I, I want to hear. I still want to hear your thoughts, Brian, right now. But for me, it was more of uh, that opposite of we're always a lot of times like, oh, if we get one, if we get that, one, I'm trying to think. If we get, it's there. Damn it! What the fuck is that? It's annoying. Weird. It wasn't that loud the first time yeah. I heard it. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, a lot of times, or at least maybe we were taught, and I don't know if you were taught like this, but I, I feel like, you know, if you have that one more thing, you're going to be happy versus like subtracting things. And I, I never got the concept of, concept of tr- subtracting until I discovered Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. and then listened to him using it. Now, Matt, listen to Matthew McConaughey use it as one of his principles, like subtract all the negativity, all the BS. And for me, I st- for me, I personally started with Facebook, and you don't even have Facebook, right? You know, you know what I mean, like like those. I think things. that's when I got rid of my Facebook is when I started like subtracting things out of my life that really they they either had no impact or they had a negative impact. And but yeah, growing up, not that I was directly taught to right, yeah, to, no, it's but, a de- it's definitely a subconscious type yeah, deal. It was very subconscious, like. Oh, you know, if I just had a little bit more money, if I had this, you know, this one other thing, mm-hmm. if I had this nicer car, or, yeah, you know, I I did I did um 
have that mentality growing up. And at some point I was like, no, wait, hold on, hold on. If I didn't have this, if I didn't have that. And not necessarily like the same thing is like, oh, and like now I do have a nicer car. Right. But in other aspects of my life, I am subtracting things that, like I said, either have no impact or have a negative impact right. on my life. And yeah. Good. It's just, it, it kind of ties in to like a, a minimalistic approach that I've taken. Because I've, with, with everything, like my phone has a, the smallest case. Right. My keys, I have like three keys on my, on my key ring mm. and a bottle opener. Right. Um, and then my car keys I carry on, on a, uh, by themselves and all I have on there is my gym tag. Yeah. Like everything is very, I try to be very minimalistic. Not just um, phys- with physical things, but but with, dare I say, relationships even. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, f- funny thing that I, that I just thought about that, it's like, man, con- like for me, taking away physical things, eliminating physical things gives me all this room for, like, all the mental clutter that I have or I accumulate that I then try to put down into paper, and it, whether it's in my journal or whatever, you know, wh- whatever I'm writing or anything that I'm thinking. But I know... Um, I I kind of wonder, but I don't wonder enough of, okay, if I had more physical clutter, like, would my mind be just as cluttered? And, and even then, now that I'm saying out loud, I, f- I feel like it would be an extra clusterfuck of shit because my, I, I feel like my mind, I have to work very hard to, like, mitigate the monkey, in, in right, terms right. of Tim Ferriss, the monkey brain, the monkey mind. It takes me, a, it takes a lot of my energy to get it on paper and finally feel better about myself, in the sense of like, and I'm saying I'm not saying better myself in, in an egotistical way, in egotistic way. It's just like the the feedback loop of different things, different topics that come up, whether it's a personal relationship or otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's like fuck. I can be up for 12 hours overnight, you know, and get no sleep, and just like it's just the men- the mental clutters worse than that physical clutter as well. Yeah. But I, I like that you brought the mil- minimalistic approach because as you were talking, I, I was thinking about the minimalists. You know, mm-hmm. they have they have their own podcast and. And I I only listened to like maybe one of their episodes because they had a TED talk that I think you showed me. I think you showed me that TED talk. I think mm, I don't remember if I I've seen remember. the TED talk, but for sure it was a YouTube video, and they were talking about how they go around the country with basically all of their belongings in one bag, yeah. and they're going around the country giving like talks, not TED talks, but yeah. they were just um, organizing their own little, not even a seminar, but like just their own their own talks with uh, a small group of people, right. And and yeah, they they that's I think the first one I watched. There might have been another one where they were like on a talk show or something like that. But but yeah, like I've like I said when I think when I when I got rid of my Facebook is when I started taking a more. And I've always had kind of a minimalistic approach with my physical things. Like mm. like my backpack in school had like like later in high school it had like the the least amount of things. In college, I definitely had one spiral, like a four or five subject spiral yeah. for for all my classes. Whereas in like high school, I might have had five, six different journals. Mm-hmm. In, in college, I got one for everything and and my laptop, basically. And any books, I'd carry one, the book that I needed that one day. Yeah. That I would do for sure. <laughs> um, well, it's, unless I, well, when, I, when I lived on campus, I'd take, um, because it was like a half a mile walk. So mm-hmm. I would take my, like if I had a, cl- a cluster of let's say that's even two classes in a row i would take those two books and whatever and that's another thing because i i used to bike to school Mm -hmm. in college i would bike to school so i think that's another another reason why i would carry you know i would have like the the most minimal um equipment because i didn't want to carry too much weight on the bike 
And dude, I kid you not, every time I try to do a five a five journal spiral, it never works for me. That's why I now have individual spirals because for whatever reason, it, it helps me isolate those ideas. And that's why like now like I technically have gone through one what I call theory journal, which is basically anything that's been talked on the podcast in depth is in a journal. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on my second journal and I'm almost ha- I'm almost halfway through this one. Then I have a podcast uh, journal where on the podcast journal I just write the timelines and I write what we're talking about and different like de- actual details on the episode itself, not the material, mm-hmm. just like titles and t- and well now that I'm doing timestamps, I'm, I'm ha- so I have timestamps on there, I have the date, mm-hmm. and and I think the main thing that I found that I'm consistent with is making sure I write a date. So if I open my journal, there's at least a date next to that. So even if I haven't written in something for three months, I'll know when the last time I wrote. Right. You'll know it was three months. Yeah, ago. When, when it was or whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I I've tried since high school to use a five spiral journal, and it's, for whatever reason, it does that does not work mm-hmm. for me. This is very interesting. That it's like I I couldn't like I can't I can't do that. When I was in college, what did I what did I do in college? I had binders, but again, individual binders. It wasn't one big ass binder for everything. Yeah. I had an English binder. I had a, a business leadership binder. Whatever the fuck I was taking, I had binders of stuff. And now, what I do like honestly is that I haven't bought supplies in since like. Probably my sophomore into junior year of college, mm-hmm. I have not bought supplies ever again. I still have the same paper that I've bought since then. I still have a bunch of stuff that I have since then that I still have used in the community. Yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping it's just through the recording and it's just something power-wise that I'm gonna, I can take. Yeah. I, that won't appear on the actual recording on the computer. But anyhow... Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting how, how, that, how that works. You know? And this is a good example of like you have, you have to find what works for you. Brian yeah. uses a five spiral journal. I I cannot. I, yeah, still I can't don't. be I can't be a full min- minimalist. I've tried in, in certain aspects. <laughs> like I was trying to sell I was trying to sell a few of my personal watches mm. and now I have like four more than what I had before. <laughs> in trying to sell them, you bought four more. In trying to sell, I bought four more. And I have like another three that are that are not part of I don't consider them part of my personal collection. Those are those are strictly like to be sold. Yeah. But aside from those, like for my personal collection, I was trying to sell like three or four before, like maybe two, three months ago. Right. And right now the count has only gone up. Mm-mm. That's crazy. And last point I wanted to bring, because this is a macro point that we can just briefly talk about is the decrease of options. We have so many options of and this and I say we and everybody that I know in the world, in the internet. Am- I mean, first thing I think of was Amazon. You know, like like you can find anything, and not just once. You can find like the same water bottle fifteen, twenty times on Amazon, mm-hmm. and they're all basically the same. But there's yeah. slight differences. Yeah. This one will take a month to ship, and the the one that drives me nuts, and this is this is just the, this is the most recent example is when we went to Denny's on Saturday night after after the fights, mm-hmm. yeah, and. We all, at least for me, Danny and Yoli, we're like, "Fuck! Like, I want, I, I can get that, I can oh, get that, yeah. I can get that, I can get that," and and I and that always takes me back to like the decrease of options. Like, if I had two things I could choose from, I could choose from two things. But when you have a menu, <laughs> and it's so genius, mm-hmm. it's so. I mean, it's obviously part of the business model, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, the the concept of a menu. Yes, it's 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 a uh, it's a uh, convenient, but also like, yeah, you have multiple options that you can't choose. And to be honest, spend more. I've kind of narrowed down. Like, I used to get this one, like, sandwich mm. that had, like, eggs and bacon and cheese and stuff. Mm. And there's several, like, variations of it. And they have right. completely different names. Right. And one's, like, a breakfast sandwich. And the other one's, like, for a dinner <laughs> sandwich or something. 
I've just come to the conclusion that like, because there's there's three or four like groups of items like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, from this group, this is what I'll get, and I don't even consider every, anything, anything else. else. From the burgers, this is the only burger I've decided I like. Yeah. I'm not gonna look at anything else. So, and that's why I made my decision that night. I was like, mm. man, I always get this one thing because I don't want to deal with all the options. Yeah. But tonight, you know, I I I kind of want a burger because right. I remember the burgers from their. I I enjoy them. Like they're, them. they're good. Yeah. And and for me, what I have done for Denny's, <laughs> little, and it's not. It's like a. I don't even know like like if it's a negative plug, but um, I know what not to get because I know what's not gonna at least fill me up. Hmm. Like I like I've done that process of elimination for myself of certain menus. Like okay, I can't get that at this place. I can't. Get, I can't get yeah, that yeah. at this place. Like okay, I know I. It's either there's one thing or like three of these. Yeah, three of these or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, Especially because, like, a lot of places that I've gone to lately is, like, chicken fried steaks. Like, it's, like, just not filling enough. Like, I need to – there's one place that I'll – maybe I'll – I need to get, like, some type of, like, a little, like, endorsement from them because their chicken fried steaks are – it's a pound of meat. It's fucking legit. And I'll tell you what place it is after we're done. Like, it – Brand deal. <laughs> it's freaking legit. Anyways, let's let's move forward here. But, uh, yeah, process of elimination, decreasing your options, and – and again, and I guess the question, because the question that I came up with through my SWOT analysis was like, you know, what do I really want? You know, like what, you know, what will satisfy me? And and to me right now, I'm I'm thinking about food because I'm freaking hungry, but I'm I'm, I'm just I'm gonna eat I'm I'm I'm, waiting, I'm looking forward to dinner to, to dinner, but uh, but in anything, and frankly, even me starting off with my Facebook as well, like yes, I have a Facebook, but I have 600 plus friends on Facebook, and I think I only follow like a hundred. And I've un- I've unliked a bunch of pages that I used to like back when I first created my Facebook. Like all that shit's gone. Mm-hmm. I only follow the people that I want or like. And it on- and I've said I said this before. Like if there's, if there's a slight ounce of like consistent negativity, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Like I won't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like oh hey Annie, like did you, did you see no probably fucking not. Like yeah. if you if you're saying all this other crap, I have ninety percent of your time. I'm not gonna work. I'm not gonna listen to that. Yeah, I have my occasional cleanup on social media. Yeah, where cause sometimes I'll start following or, or friending. Yeah, I'm just basically following. <laughs> I don't have Facebook. So <laughs> I start following, like, these accounts and, and people that at the time seem interesting. And then, like, maybe every two to three months, I start going through all my, my follows and just unfollow people or, or accounts that maybe aren't that interesting, like, anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just something I was into at that moment and later it was just, eh. So, but I'll do that because it's just too much on my feed really that i that if you if you if we're being honest like i'm not that interested in yeah 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 that, that's like we were talking about some new followers well, a couple a few new followers that we've gotten like recently like, on instagram and it's like i'm i didn't follow them back like i seen their stuff it's like okay yeah cool I'm, i appreciate it you know mm-hmm. hope i hope now i hope i'm giving value like that's where i come in where it's like okay I, i'm hoping like if you're following me i hope it's for a, a positive reason you know like whatever and that's uh, because I know you, there. right, right, and even then, that's cool too. Maybe you know, maybe something will happen along the lines. Like I said, you know, you never know what who's gonna you, who you're gonna run into, what's gonna happen in the future, and whatnot. And I'm not worried about it, yeah. but what just that little ounce in the back of the in the back of my mind is like, okay, you know, you're following me, cool. You know, we'll we'll you know we'll see what this happens because some of these people we haven't talked to in seven. I mean, since we graduated high ever. school, been, for, yeah, ever. And, and even then, when we were in high school, we never talked. Like some of these people, like I never. What the fuck? Like, okay, cool, whatever, cool. We'll just. Yeah, we'll, I saw you we'll in the cafeteria go, that one time. Right, that one time. At, yeah, during. Let's the, be friends on social <laughs> media. So, anyways, that we can keep moving here. We're gonna get back to number six with Matthew McConaughey. Number six. Don't leave crumbs. 
and the beauty of delayed gratification. So what are crumbs? Well, the crumbs I'm talking about are the choices that we make that make us have to look over our shoulder in the future. You didn't pay that guy back the money that you owed him, and tonight you just saw him three rows behind you. Shit. You slept around on your spouse, and you just found out that tomorrow she and the lady you're having an affair with are going to be at the same PTA meeting. Shit again. You drank too much last night. You're too hungover to drive your son to his 8 a.m. Saturday morning baseball practice. These are the crumbs. They come in the form of regret, guilt, and remorse. You leave crumbs today, they will cause you more stress tomorrow, and they disallow you from creating a customized future in which you do not have to look over your shoulder. So let's flip the script. Instead of creating outcomes that take from us, let's create more outcomes that pay us back, fill us up, keep your fire lit, turn you on, for the most amount of time in your future. These are the choices I'm talking about, and this is the beauty of delayed gratification. All right, tee yourself up, do yourself a favor, make the choices, the purchases today that pay you back tomorrow. Residuals. In my business, we call it mailbox money. If I do my job well today, and that movie keeps rerunning on TV, five years from now, I'm getting checks in the mailbox. It's a heck of a deal. So whether it's prepping the coffee maker the night before, so all you gotta do is press the button in the morning, or getting ready for the job interview early so you don't have to cram the night before, or choosing not to hook up with that married woman because you know you're gonna feel horrible about it tomorrow, and her husband carries a gun, or paying your debts on time so that when you do see that guy three rows back tonight, you don't have to hunker down in your seat hoping that he don't see you. Get some ROI. You know what that is? Return on investment. Your investment. You. Customize your future. Don't leave crumbs. I like that. Well, I like that line, customize your future. Because I, I feel like, and I don't know if it's everybody or if it's most people, but I, I, I get the feeling that sometimes we believe that, that the future is written. And, and we just kind of like say we'll see what happens but no you you have the power the choices are right in front of you today and and he hit that topic so well that return on investment customize your future don't leave crumbs it's you have the power and, and the ability to make the choices today we can't just sit around and see and say hey let's see what happens certain things that are, are out of your control but i think there's a lot of things that you can do to to mitigate the risk of uncertainty for for those things that you cannot control. Yeah, and the the what got me the instant he said, you know, when you're too hungover to take your son at 8 a.m. That one, and even to even right now, just listen to that again. This is the third or fourth time that I listened to that part, that that number number six, and 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 you know the cool thing is that my like I I'll, I'll be honest, like my dad never did that. You know where he was too hungover, too hungover to take me somewhere, mm-hmm. and even now, like I try my best, like well, not even try my best. Like I've, I've gone up because like oh, if I've made a commitment for that next day, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there no matter what. And like hey, and sometimes I'll get, a, I'll get some comments like hey, I heard you had a good time last night. Well, yeah, but I'm here, like I'm here to work. 
and we or whatever it did multiple things and and that's the one that got me because then because then he continues all, he talks about gr- regret remorse and mm-hmm. uh what was the other word he used uh, regret remorse and guilt and and dude i talked about that with you yesterday you know this thing and, I, and i'm the reason why i'm not saying what i'm this particular thing that I'm deciding on is because it's it's a big deal and I feel like if I'm if I say it it's it's gonna it's gonna foobar itself and if you don't know what foobar is just type in foobar f u b a r <laughs> and you'll see what that is and and that choice on its own I told Brian I'm like you know we're gonna sit in this fucking table three four years from now and I'm gonna be like fuck it would have been done already this thing that I could have decided a long time ago whether I continue with that or not we'd be here and it'd be the same conversation and it's like. And this, and you know what I was happy about that we've, that me and you and even Eddie, that we've discovered, I feel like at a good time is the delayed gratification. And we're, we're, I feel like we're working on it. And mine is, mine might be a little psychotic. I call it, I'm calling that myself because, or on myself because like my patience is sometimes goes too long. I feel the same way sometimes. Like, and I, I wonder, I don't know for sure. And I wonder if I miss opportunities because I, I think that a better one will come and I'm okay with waiting on that gratification. Right. Or not that a better well, one... not a better one will come, but waiting but that on that, current, that current choice that you're making mm-hmm. yes. and knowing that, okay, if I stay on if I stay on this... If I stay on this pushing path. this choice or, yeah. or making... If I make this choice now and I stick with, with backing it up with myself physically mm-hmm. and mentally, then I'll get... I will get something. Basically, like, your missed opportunity mm-hmm. or, like, if... Are you paying a greater opportunity cost now... Right, because you're because you're you're so committed to the delayed gratification, right. or you believe in it. But I mean, I don't know. I I try not to think about it too much because it's part of life anyway. Like you yeah. don't know all the variables. Everything, yeah. That's kind of the risk, the systematic risk. Yeah, yeah, and he, of course he talks about you know the crumbs, the choices. Like I mean, obviously I'm just kind of reiterating now because we're gonna move on to the next one right now. But I feel like the way he says it and just the presentation, it's like it's there, you know. And it's something that we, like I said, we've talked about, like delayed gratification. Like now, realizing that okay, there's, there's, it might, be, there might be such thing as waiting too long, but waiting, waiting nonetheless, at least to see yeah. it through to to some extent, to where okay, I gave it a fair chance. There's been enough time. Where, okay, I can move on, or no, I'm actually going to stick this out. And is that you know, there's like this, there's going to be this is going to lead to something bigger, after all. Um, but yeah, that was that was definitely a big one, and. uh like okay, yeah. and and what I told you, you know, as far as no regret, it's like I I I don't want that. That and that's one thing I actually wrote. I wrote on my, I think on my, uh, not my strength. It was on it was on uh, the first question I wrote for myself for today was uh, what do I really want? No regret. You know what? And I, while I have some some uh, some other fears, um, what counters all of that is no regret. Like I I that's for me that's worse than anything else. And so with that, you know, moving forward with what I want to do and and making that commitment when the time comes. Ah, so good. All right, we can move on to number seven. Number seven. Dissect your successes and the reciprocity of gratitude. We so often focus on failure, don't we? We study failure obsessed with failure. We dissect failure and our failures. We dissect them so much we end up intoxicated with them to the point of disillusion. I mean, when do we write in our diary? Usually when we're depressed, 
What do we gossip about? Other people's flaws and limitations. And we can dissect ourselves into self-loathing if we're not careful. I find that most of the times our obsession with what is wrong just ends up breeding more wrong, more failure. And the easiest way to dissect success is through gratitude. Giving thanks for that which we do have, for what is working. Appreciating the simple things we sometimes take for granted. We give thanks for these things, and that gratitude reciprocates, creating more to be thankful for. It's really simple, and it works. Now, I'm not saying be in denial of your failures. No, we can learn from them too, but only if we look at them constructively as a means to reveal what we are good at, what we can get better at, what we do succeed at. Now, personally, I've read a whole lot of my bad reviews. I've had quite a few. Written by the more talented critics, they are the ones who give constructive bad reviews. They reveal to me what did translate in my work, what came across, what was seen, or what wasn't. Now, I don't obsess on the unfavorable aspect of their review, but I do seek what I can learn from it. Because their displeasure actually uncovers and makes more apparent what I do do well what I am successful at, and then I dissect that. Our life's a verb. We try our best, we don't always do our best. Well, architecture is a verb as well. Yes, it is. And since we are the architects of our own lives, let's study the habits, the practices, the routines that we have that lead to and feed our success, our joy, our honest pain, our laughter, our earned tears. Let's dissect that and give thanks for those things. And when we do that, guess what happens? We get better at them. And we have more to dissect. That one, for me, was a, is, or is, is, is a big one because I wasn't raised to dissect successes. And that, and that is at no fault of my parents, but how they were raised. And that generation from the 60s and 70s. And then my grandparents from the 40s and from the 30s and actually 30s and 40s, you know, them being raised. Mm -hmm. And and when I realized that, that gave me a peace of mind because like realizing it's not their fault. You know what I mean? Like if that that makes sense, like when we're young, like, oh, it's all your fault. You know, you you want to tell your parent that you get mad. It's all your fault. And, you know, and when I when I'm listening to this and. And one thing, because one thing I've told you, and and you you rebutted really well, where, uh, in in the macro of, I th- what I think, like I I say the naysayers, and when he when Matthew McConaughey says, you know, leaving all those people out, and and through this whole through this little bit of of uh, number seven, and realizing like, or my realization was that that naysayers me. Where I'm thinking that, oh, there's naysayers out there and don't listen to them and this and that. It's like, wait, the real naysayer is me. And when I realized that, I was like, oh shit, you know, it it it, it I shut myself up in that realization of like, where, and I I don't I don't even know where to go from that thought of the realization of like I'm the naysayer and I want to get back I want to not be like that. 
But I guess now moving for me personally now um, is trying to figure out, okay, how can I just get a little better, you know, at not being a naysayer for myself? Because we've heard it over and over again from other people, like how you talk to yourself is how like, you know, you're going to be not, what was it? Who was it? Like Tony Robbins. Somebody said, mm. you know, like you have to like talk to yourself well, because if you don't, then you're yeah. not, in the, you, you can't be, you can't love if you're, if you don't love yourself. Yeah. And, and, and so that, and cause I was thinking the other day it was, and this was last week leading up to the Sonny Sweeney gig, but me and you had just talked and then I was driving the next day. Cause I remember it was daylight. Like it was like midday. I was driving in Mac- on McAllen somewhere doing something, but I was, I was thinking about the naysayers and for whatever reason that that was there. And I was, I, I think I was into some video, obviously some video like, like this, you know, some motivational thing. And, and then I was, I was like, wait a minute, there are no naysayers. Like I'm like, who, cause then I, cause then I asked myself like, well, who's a naysayer? Who tells me anything? I'm like no one. I'm like, I only give a shit. And, and then who do I care about? Who are the people that I care about who tell me things? I'm like my parents, Luis, Brian, uh, you know, Danny and Yoli when I talk to them. You know, like my my circle, you know, my circle, right. Eddie Gonzo, and it's like n- none of them are naysayers of me. And when that clicked, I'm like, I'm the naysayer. And that whole negative aspect of like, fuck, like, like if I felt cleansed in a sense, <laughs> you know, like if that make like a cleansed in a sense, like a, a okay, because you realize it, yeah, that 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 I I have a fault. That I want to fix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if even that if that's cor- the correct way to say it, but it for sure hit me. That that's what hit me when I and then, and then again tying back into this of uh, of dissecting successes and because because for me it was I've ne- I've that's not that's not in my DNA. I'm trying to change my DNA now so that when I have kids and even now with Luis trying my best whenever I do get to see him mm-hmm. of like. Maybe I'm a naysayer, but I try to mitigate that as much as possible, you know, and realizing like, fuck, like I need to, I need to fix a lot of, I, I need to fix, like to me that the, the fact that the naysayer is myself and it's, it's a, it's a big enough factor for like, okay, there, there's something here that I, that, that I want to fix that. Okay. Here's a negative thing that's in my DNA or at least I'm claiming to be in my DNA mm-hmm. and that. Okay, I can, I, this is one of those things that I really want to fix because I don't want that next generation to be like, oh, you know, like, and then and right. then they're gonna be having this conversation on their own yeah, podcast, yeah. and oh, my dad, <laughs> my dad, exactly, just growing, just, you know, letting that letting that fungus grow, you know, letting that poison grow. But uh, what was, what was yours? What what did you get out of this little part? Um, there's for sure for sure that where architecture is a verb that got me that I thought about you because you had that <laughs> you had your moment of of wanting to go into architecture and stuff yeah. like that as, as well. I think I think honestly. Maybe for the same reason it, it 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 caught my attention, and I don't even know if 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 this was the main idea of that truth, but it, I just kind of had like a like a eureka moment and was like, it, it ties tying back to the last one where it's like you are the architect of your life. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Excuse me. Like, yeah, I was waiting for it because I, I knew it was gonna come up, so I was like, I knew I yeah, knew like, to connect it. Yeah, like you you like basically what I said for the last point. You have the decisions in front of you today. Um, for your return on investment tomorrow, like you, you design your life, and and you're in control of your future. And I, I guess the, in now kind of thinking back about it again, I feel like there sometimes we we put obstacles and claim that they're out of our control when really you know they they 
really are things we can do yeah. about it. Or you can at least fight it. Yeah, or or, or we blame influences mm-hmm. or or this person or that person or I can't because of this and say, like, well, maybe and now now another realization is that sometimes maybe we we put these goals and then we make excuses for why we can't, mm-hmm. but we don't adjust the goal or we don't adjust the path. Right. We just keep saying, no, there's this hurdle in the way and that's why I can't reach that goal. Yeah, that's why I'm not successful or whatever. Yeah, we'll change your goal or change your outlook. Yeah. You know, turn that hurdle into something else. And it's funny because, you know, me realizing that I'm the naysayer in, because it had to do with music. So this was in in my music realm Mm -hmm. of naysayers. But for me with a podcast, it's like, all this, all every episode that I've done for the most part, up until like the, this latter half of these episodes of maneuvering as much as possible. Like, oh, okay, this didn't work. Oh, okay, this conversation could have been better. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we ran out of material. Like, I, I wish it was a longer, I wish it was a longer episode or whatever. You know, there's three of us here. We talked for an hour. That's not, to me, that's not that it's not acceptable, but it's like it died out because we weren't, or I wasn't prepared, you know, in that whole concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we're talking about you know manipulating accordingly, yeah. You know, and and using that where like I have other things that yes are bothering me, but like for for me in the case of the podcast, like doing exactly that where I'm maneuvering and as best as best like as I feel like I can. Yeah, for sure. That's always at. been one of my things. Like I've I've always been one to adapt because, and I really I, I was gonna say because and given reason, but I really don't know why. Like it's just always been who I am. Yeah. And not that I I was raised directly to be that way, but but maybe because of, of you know events in my life, like I've had to adapt. Yeah. I've had no choice but mm-hmm. to to adapt to to certain um, circumstances. Maybe I've I've that's why I've kind of adapted that, or I've um, adopted that in into my my everyday mentality. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, it's su- super. Interesting to say the least, and especially, I like you know. I hope that people grasp the part that I wrote down. The little quote part is like you know where he says life is a verb, which ties in. It's, it ties in exactly what you say, but but life is a verb, so you got to move. You know the whole concept of moving, and then you know architecture is a verb. You know a lot of people label somebody as an architect, and they're labeled an architect, but it's like the way when Mike McConaughey says no, it's also a verb, or it is a verb. Yeah. You know architecture, the concept, the the doing, the building, the act the of physical, architecting, yeah, yeah, architecting, creating designing. something, yeah, yeah. All, the whole work, the works. I really like that he put verb. You know, he tied in verb with that because, um, oh, life is life. It's like, well, yeah, but it's fucking moving. And it's not gonna stop. And, you know, it's it's gonna keep going. Yeah. And, it, and again, this is just reiterating tiny everything that you just mentioned. But you know, life is a verb. You know, you got you have to move. You know, and and one thing one thing I think about with that is people who deal with. Uh, diagnosed depression, and even Tim Ferriss, you know, he has his whole, he has his whole background. There's a freaking pod, there's a freaking TED talk on on his depression stuff, which is the fear setting mm-hmm. and stoicism and all, and how he uses stoicism and how he uses fear setting to get out of that deep mental state, you know, because he has uh, bipolar bipolar depression and like different things. Uh, well, like that's the, that's like the main thing right. that affects him, and he he's ha- I think he said on that TED talk he said he has he's had over fifty episodes in his lifetime, Damn. where the average is like under. 20 i think or something like that like you know like he's or, or at least for that type of depression that he has like right. he's like way he, above the average yeah he's he is above the average in the percentile of like the you know people who have that particular depression um like i said i, I will tie in that ted talk because i brought it up now twice and that's it's, it's a good one it's only like 
I think it's like 13 minutes. It's not long. And he, mm-hmm. for obviously, he's a great speaker because he yeah. works they, through through his podcast, through his interviewing. Like he's just he's just a freaking genius now when it comes to uh, creating questions and uh, creating answers that can help you actually do something and better yourself. Hence why I have for our body tools of Titans and you know I'll have half half of his books um, here in my all his life and <laughs> volumes in, in in my in my repertoire. Uh, we'll move on. We're gonna this will be the last one. This will be number eight. This will be the last one, and then God willing, the next time we meet up, we're gonna finish off this video and we'll we'll see what happens after that. But this will be the last one, number eight. Number eight. Make voluntary obligations. All right, mom and dad, since we were young, they teach us things as children. Teachers, mentors, the government, and on laws, they all give us guidelines for which to navigate this life. Rules to abide by in the name of accountability. I'm not talking about those obligations. I'm talking about the ones that we make with ourselves, with our God, with our own consciousness. I'm talking about the you versus you obligations. We have to have them. Now again, these are not societal laws and expectations that we acknowledge and endow for anyone other than ourselves. These are faith-based obligations that we make on our own. These are not the lowered insurance rates for a good driving record. You will not be fined or put in jail if you do not gratify these obligations I speak of. No one else governs these but you. They are your secrets with yourself, your own private counsel, personal protocols. And while nobody throws you a party when you abide by them, no one's going to arrest you when you break them either, except yourself. Or some cops who got a disturbing the peace call at 2.30 in the morning because you were playing bongos in your birthday suit. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> An honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. And when you lay down on that pillow at night, no matter who's in your bed, we all sleep alone. These are your personal Jiminy Crickets, and there are not enough cops in the entire world to police them. It's on you. It's on you. The last one, well, the last one for today, number eight of... When he, because when he, well, for me, when he first said make voluntary obligations, like, well, like, what, like, what, I didn't why? get it. <laughs> I'd be like, why would I? Right. Like, what do you, what do you mean no, voluntary but, obligations? But obviously, oh, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, those, those to me are probably the most important, but also the, the least used. I feel that they're mo- the most important because they make you who you are at the core. More than likely, you know, like it's it's things that you you tell yourself, this is who I am and this is who I am not be through these actions, through these goals, these obligations that I'm setting. And if you meet them, then great. That's great for you. Like like he said, nobody's going to throw you a party, but also nobody's going to arrest you if you break them. Mm. And that's why I think they're the least followed. They're the the least um, committed to because no one's going to there's almost no. At least no like immediate visible consequences, mm-hmm. right? Good or bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny because actually I have five questions that they're behind you, Brian. And I think the first one is, what do you want to be responsible for? And I got that question from Jordan Peterson, and and that was more and that and that was maybe about two months ago when I created that list because I was it was a day that I was just reading through a bunch of stuff and Jordan I was listening to Jordan Peterson I was listening to Tim Ferriss, 
and a bunch of other things. And, and that question, I was like, oh, man, like that one was for sure a game changer. Not that I haven't been trying to work on myself. Obviously, that, that's kind of like a point of moving with like the whole podcast reasoning. Yeah. Um, but but in hearing Jordan Peterson talk about it, then hearing Matthew McConaughey talk about the same concept, you know, of you versus you. And that's the that's probably the, the main thing for me when I'm at, when I'm at a gym, um, is that people are like oh like how are you so motivated I'm like because it's me versus me like I, I'm 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 already gonna beat beat everybody here. That's not an arrogant thing to say. I was like okay, how many pushups did you do? Fifty. Okay, I'm gonna do seventy five. And that's just the number. And then even then, I'm probably gonna try for go for eighty or hundred because that's just I want to be even that number. Right. And that's just a simple ex- example because me being in the gym all the time, or or not all the time, but as much as possible. You know, I'm just training, and why? Because I, I, for whatever reason, that's where I want to beat myself the most. You know, if I can beat myself anywhere, it's there, and and uh, and hopefully, you know, it'll it'll it's gonna pay off. You know, in the, in the near future. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, th- it was it was a good one because also there's the dichotomy of that of like of of the ego, to where you're you become selfish in in the try to want to better yourself. You know, and and needing to balance the okay it's me versus me now of what i've learned what can i teach somebody else or or how can i help somebody else maybe not teach them you know because even then teaching i feel like can be seen by the learner as a as a what you're smarter than me like he might he might take it or that person might take it in an egotistical way if you don't approach it right like hey i'm gonna teach you this well who the fuck and that's what i say i say all the time well who the fuck are you unsolicited advice right right like who my my and that's why like for me like even when I'm talking here on the podcast and I, I, you know, and we, and dude, we've had a lot of listeners, like, you know, over, I think over 2000 streams total, like in a year, which is awesome. But right now it's, it is developing the material of like, okay, this is what I've read. This is how I see it. And then we can, mo- we as a group can move forward to see how we can use it or learn upon or build upon this mm-hmm. thing. Cause I, cause I, I asked myself the same thing. I'm like, who the fuck are you to, to, that's why I say that. That's why I say when I get if I get too preachy or I or I don't mean to get too preachy, it's like that's where I want to stop the conversation because it's like okay, you know, there's a lot of things that I've already done for myself that you're gonna have to try now and you'll have to figure out you have to see if it works for you. If not, then we'll we'll figure something out. Uh, and that's funny because Freddie actually texted me earlier today asking about uh, detoxing, right? Like you know, after a weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, honestly, my my the easiest and it's free is fasting. <laughs> the easiest is don't <laughs> don't. Toxify yourself. Yeah. No. Well, that's actually the easy. Yeah, that's actually the the pre detox like option. You know, don't yeah. even do that even thing, do right? But I was like, well, but I but I I got where he was coming from, and and I told and I told him like, hey man, I appreciate you texting me about this like this stuff because it is important. And because he asked me, uh, he asked me if I've ever tried detox teas because like several brands and they all they're like there's always a detox tea, mm-hmm. and I'm like honestly no, dude. And it's not even that I don't I I don't have anything against them. I've just found ways that I've done it now that's relatively cheap and and or free, you know? Like, the latest one I've been trying lately is grapefruit eating. Like, I've been eating chingles of grapefruits. Like, I, I had my mom buy a, a big old bag of it, and I think one day I ate six from 1 p.m. to, like, 9 p.m. You know how I told you that I don't like them? Yeah. This one that you gave me wasn't bad at all, though. That's from that bag that my mom got us. It was or a Because usually I don't like them because... I feel that they're kind of bitter. Yeah. But this one was actually a little on the it's sweet tasty, side. Yeah, yeah. No, it's super tasty. And, 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 uh, but, but so, so that's been my latest thing. But, anyways, going back to the you versus you and trying these things and me not wanting to get too preachy because I feel like too many people do preach and I don't want to do that because I'm not there yet. 
maybe one day when I'm like 45, 50 years old, and I've now I've now I've accumulated 20 years of experience. Mm-hmm. Like, hey guys, this actually freaking works. You know, that's that's why it makes sense. And and it's interesting that of course, of course they have their path like Joe Ro- Joe Rogan, Jocko, like they're older. They they're into this media as older gentlemen, older people that they got into this game right. at the beginning. But or Jocko didn't. He actually got to it relatively. But he has all this experience. Like he's like, hey. This is what works. I've gone to war. I've done this. I've done that. And this is what works. And and always tying in like he taught, he'll let's say he reads a book from World War One. And this is the principle that that I that this is the way Jocko says it, but it's the same principle for World War One, World War Two, mm-hmm. Vietnam, Korea, you know, or both Koreas, whatever, the Gulf War leading up to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um But anyways, going back to you know working and because for me my thing is just my mind like and 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 while most times my physical work helps me alleviate my mind i've i've mentioned i think even on here where there's been those couple times back in november where the physicality did not make a damn difference i just it didn't work i had to sit my ass down and really think this through and be like okay and talk with somebody and and look and lucky for me i I call this luck is like i had i had the right people i had you brian John, which is Eddie's friend, which is now you know I I'll consider him a friend of mine now as well. I know he tunes in now with the podcast uh, to listen, but you know talking with him for three hours about this situation, different things. That's like man, it's like okay, and then obviously at the end of the day, it's like okay, we're gonna survive, <laughs> you know. And and obviously that's a cliche thing to say. I, I mean we we, that's, we know it. That's the biggest. Man, I don't want to use this word, but that's almost like the biggest cop out, though, because it's like, well, screw everything. I'm not gonna die. Right. I'm not gonna die if I make this decision or if I don't make this decision. Right. Which is is true. It's very true, but uh, I'll, it's just I'll be honest. For me, the cop out is like yes, and but but I have I have not not made a decision because of this. I've I'm like, okay, this is yeah, life. It's not, this is what's gonna happen. I gotta make this. This is the decision I'm making, and this is it. Like I, I see it as a cop out sometimes, but it's not to say that you're running away from an issue or right. a problem. Because I feel like the cop out is if, is if you're running and you're not, yeah. you're not making, you don't make a right. decision. You're saying, you know what? I'm just gonna let it play out the way it should, the way it should. Yeah. Versus like, no, this is what I think is best. This is what I. And for me, it was it was a morning thing where I was like, you know what? I'm done. This is it. that's my decision. I'm done. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I was done. Yeah. Yeah. And I just call it a cop out right. because it's, well, it's, the easy, it's the easy logic, right? And and really it's the easy way out. Yeah, but but that's, it that's by itself. I feel that, that that we need a little bit more of that as as humans. We need hmm. to be logic about it and and just make the decision because oftentimes I feel that people just kind of like linger on either you know on linger with indecisiveness, and that's where things go wrong. Yeah. We wait too long or or we. We don't think about things logically, and we make bad decisions because they're mostly emotionally driven. Yeah. At least bad decisions. Right, right. Yeah. Well, on and honestly, mo- if if your first instinct is is an emotional like decision, it you could probably thought of at least a better second decision. If you'd have waited for that second possibility to go with, it would have been a little more logical to where it you can use. Well, it's like it's something that I've said a while back. I don't even know what episode, but I said a while back where. Your emotion should be your last driver to make a decision, not your primary driver to make a decision, and so it's, it's the opposite effect. It's Adam Robinson, like doing the opposite, mm-hmm. because the opposite is true. That's why I'm a big fan of 
thinking slow versus thinking fast. Because yeah. sometimes you just gotta like let the dust settle and and assess. Yeah, from there. Assess, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. Ching ching, ching ching. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> we got done what I wanted to get done today, and we're gonna close out with Brian's intro not and things possible cool some some from my perspective some cool things to come as far as like some new fo- some good uh genuine photos is what the word I look for you know uh creative approach to the intronaut and the yes. what's to come yes i need to sit down and and really plan it all out because that's just who i am and it sucks sometimes <laughs> but that's how we mitigate risk um but yeah if you're curious enough stay tuned to the intronaut underscore on Instagram. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. I'll say it again. At the intronaut underscore on Instagram. That's part of the main page right now that Brian has going for that. Um, he does have an Etsy store, so just type in the intronaut. It's there as well. It has a little spaceship. You'll see it. Or the link is also in the Instagram profile bio. Okay, there you go. It's all there. Uh, Fiverr as well, if you need anything. Um, a couple of my W2s just came in, so I'm not... I'm not, dude. I'm in no freaking rush to get all it <laughs> to get started with taxi, like the tax season, quote unquote tax season. Um, I I will be honest, I'm procrastinating on that shit, like whatever. Anyways, so there's that. Um, your Twitter at the internet or or your personal Twitter. Personal Twitter. I'm yeah, same. I'll see what's up with <laughs> with the internet with Twitter. People, yeah. But uh, yeah. So the internet, Instagram, personal Twitter, basically the same thing for me. What's your personal Twitter? Brian Alejandro underscore. I'll spell that out for you guys because <laughs> just because I'm being nice. B R Y A N A L E J A N D R O underscore. There you go. And then for me, my personal Twitter and Instagram is Andy underscore eighteen forty four. That's one eight four four at the end. And uh moving with live dot co. Uh, the website will give you everything. I've I've recently updated it as far as like moving moving the episode moving the appropriate episodes and like making the different seasons tab on the side and just different just little details that okay that I need I needed to rearrange because like I said we're kind of going into this third I call it the third phase um where I'm going to try to mix up some new guests but along with obviously new material and like stuff like this um the the biggest thing that I'm finding and I realized this today as I was thinking as I was thinking about about the podcast itself is uh it's just schedule conflicts, you know. We're all, like the people that I know that I want to talk to. They're fucking moving, like you know, they're they're doing something, and they're bettering themselves. So it's just it's a matter of time, just trying to find that that hour, two hours of space that we can all get together and do that. Um, either way, um, that's the plan. I mean, you know, we're we're gonna keep maneuvering. If if we if I don't have a new someone new on next week, we're gonna finish up this video, and go from there. Uh, the Matthew McConaughey video again. All this stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, moving moving with live.co then my personal social media that i care about or i, I post a lot about is a uh, andy underscore 1844 that's on twitter and instagram um right now i'm going to close out with a quote from poke the box by seth godin it was one that stuck with me and and cuz it goes with with uh, mitigating risk and uh, fear setting as well so here here, here it is The cost of being wrong is less than the cost of doing nothing.